The name of the sermon this morning is Standing for Justice. Standing for Justice. After a while, we, we have to start going on to the perfecting of the saints. As the Apostle Paul noted, uh, not necessarily the Apostle Paul, but the writer of the book of Hebrews says, laying aside the doctrines of baptism, of laying on of hands, let us go on to the perfecting of the saints, the perfecting of walking in the word of God. And that way, we're not repeating Acts 2.38. I remember I tell you about one preacher, we call him Acts 2.38. We have to realize that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. By living by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. That means from Genesis to Revelation. That means there's a lot of studying that has to go on. It says, study to show ourselves approved workmen that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He told Timothy to study the scriptures for they able to make one wise unto salvation. Our reading scripture from the book of Micah, seems as though, as just like with the Ten Commandments, I told you, he said, remember the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. It seems as though it's a teaching there when he says no. As he answers the question, he says, about making sacrifices and all of these things to the Lord, he says, no, the Lord has told you what he wants from you. That is that to be fair, and I told you fair and just wasn't the same thing. To be fair, to do justly, to love mercy, to be merciful, and to walk humbly with the Lord your God. These are things are requisite. In other words, they're required of you because we're supposedly the sons of God. We are redeemed people of God. We're on chapter 43. The sermon comes from verse 40, 42. But we got a peek ahead last week into chapter 43 when it says, you are my witnesses. You're my witness. You're redeemed people. But chapter 42, 1 through 4 said, Behold, my servant whom I hold, mine elect to whom my soul delighted, I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. And I tell you that we can use that word justice to the Gentiles. He shall not cry nor lift up nor cause his voice to be heard in the streets. A bruised reed he shall not break and a smoking flax he shall not quench. He shall bring forth judgment. In other words, justice into truth. Deacon Red opening up for judgment I've come into this world. So there's a standard of statutes and precepts that he came that would enlighten and open the eyes of the world, but it would work twofold. It would dim the eyes of some. It would cause some to go in darkness instead of, in other words, instead of getting better, they would grow worse they would grow worse. The preaching and teaching of the gospel to them would be a stumbling block. It would cause them to
to go further into darkness. That's the warning. That's, that's what the Word of God does. It separates us. It calls God's people unto Him and it releases them from bondage and brings them into the light. It gives them sight. It gives them insight. It gives them the perception to perceive the world as God sees the world and to walk as He so walked. That's why it says, you know what's required of you. As a disciple, as a son of God, you know what you should be doing. Stop making excuses for not doing what you should be doing. It continues on here. He says, He shall not fall nor be discouraged till he hath set judgment in the earth. And there you again the word judgment or justice. And the isle shall wait for thee. In other words, justice. In other words, we know as children of God when we able to pray that that prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, the justice of God comes to the earth. We see justice, God's justice in the application of his kingdom. By his kingdom come. Because we have to judge ourselves. What doesn't the scripture say? If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. So that's a process that we should be doing in other words, it's going to cause death to self. It's going to cause us to do what he came into the world to do, judgment. Judgment begins at the house of God. We start seeing ourselves for what we are and who we are. Our significance falls to the wayside. We see ourselves as unworthy and begin to see him as he's the only one worthy. We begin to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow after him because to receive right standing with God, to be right with God, he has to justify us. In other words, put us in proper standing with God. He's to justify those of us who had confessed and believe on us. That justification after that justification, we get the fear of God and regeneration begins. We have to see that it's a system that we're born into that he comes and redeems us from that system. That system is the world, the Babylonian system. We're born into it. We're born into condemnation. We're born to die. But there are those of us that he had chosen from the foundations of the world that he had redeemed us. He had bought us back. He had put us in proper standing with God. He had finished and completed that work to whereas that's a done process. All we have to do is walk therein. It is finished. All we have to do is Walk there, and that's why it says, take up your cross and follow after him. Now, to have mission accomplished, to get mission accomplished here, there's a certain wokeness or quickening of making a lie that he does. There's a quickening of making a lie that he does. As I told you, that justification places us in right standing with God. And that's through the word of God. That's why Jesus Christ came 
He brought truth. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The truth is what makes us free. He freely gives us his graces. That's God's unfairity favor toward man. Through his grace and mercy, he opens up our eyes that we may see how to walk. That we may see how to please God. What he does, he quickens us and makes us alive. How does he do that? We're not born by the will of man, nor the will of the flesh, but by the will of God. And that comes about by hearing the preached word of God. Faith coming by hearing, hearing the word of God. So we have to hear the word of God to be made alive. That seed of faith comes through his preaching to hear the word, hear God's word. That's that's necessary. That's how we are born again. We receive this by hearing the word of God. That's why he says, will he find faith when he comes back to the earth? Sure he will. It will be in his people that truly believe in him. That's why faith is so necessary. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But that's how the new birth comes about. We're going to talk about that. But we see in this world of where we are, we so see so many injustices in this world, in man's Babylon. It's injustice in the legal system, injustice in the religious system. Ecclesiastes tells us about this, Ecclesiastes 4, 1 through 3. We see that we call this nation that we live in the free world. It's supposed to be freer than any other society. But we see where this society tumbled. This Babylon has fallen. I can tell you with that attack on democracy on January the 6th, that insurrection, is where this nation actually fell. That was the ultimate fall with the, that attack on democracy. That's the last standing free nation. So now these nations are in the midst of that tumbling away. And that's why Jesus Christ had came, because the times of the Gentiles are coming to an end. There's a work that's going on. This work started in Christ. It's going to be finished in Christ. He's the author and the finisher. And all of this comes through Jesus Christ. Edward Gibbon wrote a book, uh, the political, uh, it's, it's the, 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 he was the author of this book called The Decline of the Roman Empire. And it says more about modern time than we thought it would in this book was written in the early 1900s. It's, it's about political corruption is the most infallible symptom of a constitutional liberty. He says he means that if a country has a constitution that guarantees freedom to obey, then there's also freedom to disobey. If there's freedom to obey, then there's freedom to disobey. He implies that people, regardless of their office, selfishly disobey. 
selfishly, and we know that this is a self-centered world, and it's all about self. This is exactly what we are experiencing in this nation today. It's all about me. It's all about self. It's all about everything but God. That's why I say, as this democracy, we see it teetering and have fallen. So we see that what government does stand. The only government that does stand is the one that we pray about. It says, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Now, to be within that system, we have to be made ambassadors. In other words, we're in a strange land here. This is not our home. This world is not our home, and we're not talking about geographically. We're talking about this world system as it is. My first point is the gospel. The gospel. Now Christ came and he says for judgment he had came into this world. We know the forerunner was John the Baptist. The John the Baptist came preaching repentance. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The witness of the gospel proceeds proceeds the judgment of God. In other words, a warning. And we warn our children before whipping them. There's warnings in the law. There's all types of warnings before you carry out a judgment in which somebody is about to transgress. The law of God shows what the law of God did, though. It showed that we were transgressors, that we were sinners, that we did transgress God's law. That's the indictment against us, that we're sinners. And we know that born into this world, we of the world, so through the Great Commission, we have been authorized to warn the people. That's why if we go stand for justice, we must go about warning the people. If you're children of God, the Great Commission Isaiah, I mean Matthew 28, 19 says, Go ye into all the world preaching the gospel. In other words, it gives everybody an opportunity, but not everyone is able to, not everyone will receive of that opportunity. Remember, where there's a constitution or there's a law. So where God's statutes was, that was disobedience to what God had said. Adam disobeyed God. That's what brought forth this world, a depraved man, and that's part of our nature, depravity, disobedience, self-righteousness, self-centeredness. So we are all in Adam, but by preaching of the word of God, by preaching the gospel, which is the good news, it calls us out of Adam. It calls us out of the world. It calls us out of Babylon, saying, Come out of her, my people. Go ye into all nations, preaching the gospel, making disciples of all men, of all nations. How many people, how many of us read the Great Commission coming out of the book of Mark? Let me do that better so it won't blind you there. The book coming out of the, the gospel of Mark, that commission reads, the 16th chapter, 15th through the 16th verse. Let's read this portion. And it says unto them, Go ye into all of the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not 
shall be dead. That's some powerful wording. Now that, that's not in the other Gospels. He that believeth not shall be dead. So that's going to cause us to have two seeds in the earth. See, because God's justice that puts us in right standing with him will free under that so that's where we have to strive if we believe on Jesus Christ if we believe on him as the scripture had said out of our bellies will flow rivers of living water in other words we'll become witnesses of him that's why he says ye are my witnesses you'll go around telling what, what the Lord has done for you what the word of God is doing in your life and how it can free others that's why I say you are my witness there's no such thing as a silent witness a witness that doesn't glorify God if you live in contrary to the word of God you're not a very good witness you're a hypocritical witness if you're saying one thing and doing another you're a hypocritical witness you're not a very good witness he says you are my witnesses and a witness has to keep himself in such a way that his witness is a believable witness to what he's saying is very believable. So, as we go about preaching the gospel, that's the only way man can be saved. By hearing of the word of God. You're born by the word. And you're sanctified by the word. That's what sets us apart. It says, if we continue in his word, then are we his disciples. So there's a condition on being his disciple. We have to continue in his word. There's a condition in that word. If we're hearing the whole word of God, and I keep telling you the people that don't go to church or don't follow after God's word the way he's supposed to, they're violating the word of God. It says, forsake not the assembling together of yourself. There is a central place as you open up prayer services when you're opening up, he says to come unto this place. That's where the unity of the spirit comes from. That's where the teaching and the word of God comes from. It's a one holy people. In other words, it shouldn't be as the time of the judges. It shouldn't be as the time in the days of Noah when everybody was doing what was right in their own eyesight. Where every religion possible could say what they wanted and we all go to heaven and there's many different ways. No, it's just but one way. Jesus Christ said, I am the way. It's only that way through Jesus Christ. So justice requires something here. We're going to keep talking about quotes and what's going on in this with the word of God but my second point that first point is a very narrow point let's increase the coverage we have here with this second point Jesus, Jesus sent a forerunner before him and it was John the Baptist and he says who had warned you to flee from the wrath to come he was talking about to the Pharisees and to the people there are a lot of people get into the churches that a lot of people come to religion and so forth. This warning or something in them says this is right, but for some reason or another, how can I say it? You remember I said the devils believe and tremble, but they're not saved. Belief 
I can't, I'm trying to say a way for this about a belief system and believing. Believing without a change of who you are or what you are. Sometimes it only ratifies or strengthens you in who you are. It doesn't necessarily change you. That's why a lot of people start making God in their image because they're so opinionated that their opinion is right and the way they see God is right. And they'll even sometimes explain away the scriptures or uh, their interpretation of the scriptures. And the Bible says the scriptures is no private interpretation. In other words, the scriptures does mean something. There's an explanation of why God said he there's an understanding that comes along with the scriptures. There's an understanding, and only the Spirit can give you that understanding. That's why I say knowing intellectually and applying something is different because Job's friend knew intellectually about God and some of the things of God, but they wasn't born again they wasn't born of the Spirit. So they said things against Job, against Job's children or whatever. May have been correct things or whatever. They were not applicable. They didn't apply to Job. They was just random things said. And sometimes, and that's why as preaching and teaching, I say be careful of what you accuse people of. You don't have all the facts to make a right judgment. So Sometimes my children, sometimes people in the church, people I know, try to get me to go against somebody else and say something emphatically against someone. And I, I'm not dogmatic. I don't say that because I know who the accuser of the brethren is. In other words, we act like Satan when we accuse people and make statements because we don't know the motivation and we don't know if we're telling the truth or whatever. So what happens, we're making accusations that we can't substantiate. Only God can substantiate things. He only knows the heart. He only knows why we do things. It's just like Joseph's brother was trying to excuse away what they had did to Joseph. And Joseph says, no, you did it for evil. But God turned turned that evil what they were doing unto good. A lot of times people do things in an evil or a wrong way or whatever, but it's only God can do that for the right reason. So unless there's a conversion, John the Baptist comes preaching repentance. And that's what the churches are lacking today. They're not preaching repentance. Unless there's a circumcision unless there's a change of heart, a new heart given. And when God gives that new heart then he begins to write his laws upon that heart. That's the new birth. You're born again. Then comes the transformation. That mind that's in you being Christ Jesus. That's when he's forming your mind. That's when you start listening at your teachers and preaching. That's when the fivefold ministry of the church is effective. We begin to learn as a unit. We begin to hear preaching and teaching in a whole new light. Throughout the years under a proper preaching and teaching, a lot of things you thought you knew 
or revised and you didn't know it the way you thought. Uh, what you thought was right, maybe your parents or somebody taught you, but it was a tradition, it was a culture, it was a way of looking at the Bible, but it wasn't spiritually in light. It didn't quicken you. It didn't make you alive. The Word of God should quicken you. It should make you alive. It should wake you up to pull you out of the present world, out of this present age, till you walk no more the way you used to walk. There's a different walk that you walk. It's a different way that you are. There's a new stand that you stand. You start standing for justice because God's Word, His Spirit, tells you what is right, what is fair, what is just, and to be merciful. It changes the whole person, the whole individual. It applies the Word of God in a living way, a quickening spirit that's preached into the people. This is who you're becoming in Christ Jesus. That's why I said the Word of God gives you the power, and that word power gives you the ability to become sons of God. And that's through obedience to the Word of God. As we obey the Word of God, we're under ever-increasing faith. Because if we would humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, sometimes that's going to take suffering. Sometimes that's going to take going through affliction. Sometimes that's going to take being merciful. That's going to take you immolating Jesus Christ, who he was and how he was. The judgment to come. He he says the justice of God to bring judgment, a justice to the world. Now, as his will is being done on earth as it is in heaven, those that walk in darkness or love darkness, we realize that you're gonna be punished for your sin. That God's gonna reward man every man according to the deeds done in his body, according to his works. You start realizing that your body is no longer your body. You can't do what you want to with your body. You can't say what you want to say with your mouth. You realize that something that's within you is within your own members that you have to put to death. This thing is within us. That's why sometimes it's going to take humility because pride and self-centeredness and ego are going to want to make you stand up for yourself. But he says you have to become as a little child. God has to defend you. God has to protect you. God has to be a provider for you. God has to be your all in all. You look unto Jesus Christ of yourself. You can do nothing. But Christ is in you to do all things. Now, as John is preaching this repentance, it's a call to action. You remember I say you have to be a doer of the word of God. Matthew 3 and 8 says, so produce fruit that is consistent with repentance. In other words, your outward life should start showing gentleness, mercy. It should start showing actions that you've turned away who, who you used to be. That you're no longer yielding your members unto unrighteousness but you yielding your memory to righteousness, that you putting on Christ and pulling off the old man. That's bringing forth fruit unto repentance. In other words, you're a changed person. The gospel, the word of God is what judging you. 
that justice, you're judging yourselves that you're not right, that you have to mortify the deeds. In other words, what you're doing, you have to stop doing it, turn around and do something else. Do it the way God, his thoughts and his ways become your thoughts and your ways. It's demonstrating new behavior that proves a change of heart and a conscious decision to turn away from sin. You have to make a decision. You have to make decisions day in and day out. When people are saying something about someone, a gossiping, or a, a there's thousands of decisions we make each day, and each one is very important because we realize God's word, so we have to give account for every idle word we say. So before we speak evil of someone, before we do any backbiting, we're judging ourselves and say we no longer can do those things. We can't participate in. We have to come out from among the world. We have to be witnesses of, of God. We have to say that's not right. This is what's right according to God's word. This is what we should be doing. We shouldn't be doing that. And I can't make you do it or whatever, but I can't do that anymore. You remember I was saying, I was telling a friend, look, I, I can't change your life, but my life is changing. I can no longer do that. I don't belong to myself. I'm not free to do that. I'm someone else's bond, sir. And he said, why call me Lord and Master if you do not the things I, I say? So we have to start listening at what his word says because the word gives us power. It gives us such faith that one day we'll be do all things. We'll be able to pull off all these things if we wait upon the Lord to empower us. Now, those of us who hadn't been born again, we still need to get on the altar. We still need to go back to Galilee in terror until we endued with his power. See, a lot of people hadn't been endued with his power, and they go out working under their own power and their own strength. It's just a belief. But you remember I told you, you can believe, but unless you're empowered by your, by the Spirit of God, you can't accomplish these things. That's why so, people, so many people get weary and so many people fall away from the Lord. It was only a profession. It was a profession of faith. They didn't have what they thought they had. He says, who had warned you? Uh, we, we take revenge, and this is a revengeful nation. It's a hateful nation. It's a way of things that we do things here. And this guy, there's another quote I want to give you about vengeance, and we, we've learned about vengeance. Samuel Johnson quotes this. He says, Revenge is an act of passion. Vengeance is of justice. Vengeance is an act of justice. That's why God says, vengeance is mine, I shall repay. We start seeing that God is paying people for the things done in this life that God pays by. And consistently, we may even see more and more because God knows that strengthens us. We don't revel in that. We don't glory in that. But we continue, that causes us to pray more for our enemy in those that despitefully use us and persecute us because we have a heart for fellow man. We have a heart for our brethren or whatever, and we praying that God's will be done so we seeing it carried out throughout the earth. 
we see the injustices that are carried out throughout the earth. So we seeing the dissipation of this world. We're not asking God to save the world. That's the impossibility. That's against his will. We know the world is condemned and to love the world is not being a friend of God. So we pray for those that are in the world. We pray as God. So we have to also actually learn how to pray. We have to learn how to pray because we can't reward evil with good or we can't reward good with evil. So we have to watch our prayer. And, you know, a lot of us have to strengthen our prayer life because sometimes we just say things and we don't realize what we're saying and people are saying, what is it? Wondering what you, well, you, you there's a, it's prayer is a privilege, but it's a privilege that we have to learn. That's why his disciple says, Lord, teach us how to pray. We have to be taught how to pray. Taught. We don't even know what to pray for. The book of Romans says we don't know what to pray for and the spirit make it intercession for us. The Spirit have to make intercession for us because we don't even know how to pray. But we know that the Word of God says with prayer and supplication, let your request be known unto God. Injuries are revenged. Crimes are avenged. So we know transgression and crime <coughs> is against God and we know God's going to pay every man we know God is a just God, that his justice comes to life. Now, unless we're justified by God for our transgressions, that's why I say we have eternal life, because once he justifies us, there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. So we don't continue in sin. We forsake sin and go in the right way. Our sins are no longer remembered. He blocked those sins out against us. But if you don't have salvation in Jesus Christ, your sins remain against you. There's a removal of those trees that are not bearing that fruit that I say we have to bear. Remember I say repentance under salvation. God has to grant you repentance. He has to grant. You're not able to repent of yourself. God said in several places it says if God would grant repentance. But those trees that are not bearing fruit, he's going to prune every tree. But those trees that are not bearing fruit, Matthew 3 and 10 says, And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the tree. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is shewn down and cast into the fire. So instead of us judging we see in the world the actions and the things that's going on in the world that God's doing the judgment. Now, it may be good people falling, but they wasn't part of the eternal plan, end time plan. They had accomplished their mission in God, but then the wicked has moved away because he says, fret not thyself because of evildoers, for they shall soon be cut off. So we're seeing the only the pure in heart shall see God. So a lot of us that has this purity of heart, this holiness, we see God working in the earth. That's why we have hope. That's why we have faith. That's why we continue on. We're not depressed. And there's a zeal for God that we have because some people are stressed out. 
with the things that's going on with them, they're depressed and they're giving up hope. They may know there's God, but they're not pushing on with the vim and the vigor. God gives us this spirit. That's why some are running, not faint. That's why they mount up with wings of eagles, because the spirit give it light. Are you enjoying to God as a life-giving spirit? Or is your works, not, not saying that you're not a child of God, but is your works hindering your walk of faith? See, because if the woman says, if I could just press through this crowd, I have to press through the crowd and touch the hem of his garment. Where it takes work, it says, the violent taking it by force. Are you pressing your weight today? See, if you're not one that's standing for God, maybe as a silent witness, you may be a one-talent person. In other words, you're not one to go out and multiply that which God had given for you. Maybe you're afraid to witness for God. Maybe you have a fear of man. And we know that that's very dangerous because those with a fear of man, it says the cowardly shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So maybe that's hindering you from a progressive growth into the kingdom. You see, God hasn't limited you. You're limiting yourself by having a fear of man or by tolerating and putting up with it. See, if you're standing for justice, he's rewarding you according to those works. That's why it says some grow 70-fold, 50-fold, and some 100-fold. So God, that's why I say in fairness and justice, God is just in the fact is that are you continually able to reap in God? Or maybe you just want that says, okay, well, I didn't achieve what I want to achieve. So you're looking for God to equalize things with you and the person next to you, but you're not late. You're lazy or you're slowful or whatever. Does God reward that? No. You would be like the prodigal son. You've wasted your inheritance. The, the, the older son still had inheritance, but you've wasted yours. So if we're standing for justice, there's a lot of people that were marred for Jesus Christ. That's because they stood up for what they believed. They sacrificed themselves. But a lot of us are too fearful to go in and press for the head. You remember I told you the 22,000 that was with Gideon that went back? Not, not you have to understand, and that's why I say it seems contradictory if you hadn't been here because you wouldn't hear me talk about natural fears and some people have fears and things and that that fear doesn't, we're not saying that that's going to eliminate you from the kingdom of heaven. It's a degree of fear. In other words, you may not be the one that would go out and witness and stand up before people and preach and be, you, we all have gifts in the Lord. That may not be your gift. But the Apostle Paul, he was a spokesman and a preacher for the Word of God, and he didn't fear the things that happened unto him. He was a strong person in the Lord. He was rewarded greatly for that. We know the, the Apostle Paul. But Mark, did he dispel Mark, or did he say, bring Mark with you, he's useful? 
But he wouldn't travel with Mark because Mark quit on the work and went back from the field. And he said he wouldn't take Mark no more with him. So you have to know the characters of those around you. There are some that's not going to be a 50-talent person. They're only going to be a one-talent person. You wonder why he gave that person just one talent. He gave this other person five or ten talents because you're not going to do anything with this five or ten. You're just a one-talent person. So you should be content with that one talent. You shouldn't be jealous or envious of your brother. That's going to show some other inhibiting thing that's going to inhibit you. Getting further in this teaching than I thought I was this morning. Because when I'm trying to say justice stands, the people of God stands in His Word and it brings out, we see throughout the earth, do you see God's Word working in empowering and in people amongst the chaos that's going on? Justice has been slain in the streets, He's saying. Do you see that justice is dead in this nation? That God has a right to destroy the nation and that democracy has fallen? According to Isaiah 59, 14 through 18, listen at this and see does this sound like this nation. He says justice is pushed back and righteous behavior stands far away. For truth has fallen in the city square and integrity cannot enter. Yes, truth is missing and he who turns away from evil makes himself a prey. Now the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. There was no justice. And remember, his job is to bring justice throughout the earth. Where were a lot of the nations supposed to be law-abiding people when Vidman was slain for the truth, when he was standing for the truth, when he was murdered, his reputation drug through the streets? He saw that there was no man and was amazed that there was no one to intercede on behalf of truth and right. Therefore his own arm brought salvation to him and his own righteousness sustained him. For he, the Lord, put on righteousness like a coat of armor and salvation like a helmet on his head. He put on garments of vengeance. Remember I said vengeance. Revenge is bringing forth justice. God's vengeance brings forth justice. Vengeance is he is bringing forth justice belongs to the Lord. He says, vengeance for clothing and covered himself with zeal. A great love for the people was his cloak. And their deed, as their deeds deserve, so he will repay. Wrath to his adversaries, retribution to his enemies, to all of the isles, in other words, to coastland, to all of the people throughout the world because it's fallen. There's no justice in the land. Nothing but injustice prevails in this nation. We see that citywide. We see it statewide. We see it nationwide. Those of us that don't see it may not be in the thick of the battle. Now because you're in the thick of the battle, that doesn't mean it's not room for growth. But you need to well God gives you that zeal and that hunger if you hunger and thirsting for righteousness he'll fill you that's why I say those of us that are hunger and thirst for righteousness he's going to fulfill us 
So if if you're not going anywhere, nothing's going on in your life, maybe you're the problem. You, you're a cold stove. Because the fire should be heating up within you, but it shouldn't be bitterness and hatred because Jeremiah says it's like fire shut up in his bones, but we know the world promises and promises things that it cannot fulfill. This week, I, I've, I've been reluctant to watch the news. I can't hardly watch the news. They're promising of a cat fight or whatever, a cat fight or whatever. It's going to be highly disappointing. You, you're promising of a fight between two teams that both of them will lose. The team that Southern beat the other week, that was the first time in 45 years that I think that team ever played football. No wonder Southern beat them 82 to nothing or something like that. They had never played it with LSU lost against the, the, the students of LSU were saying that they was a 1A, a high school team. So the world tries to hype things of the world. Now they're trying to hype the bands or whatever. It could be, to those of the world, it might be highly appointing, but even to hear of it seems highly disappointing. But to those that love the world and the things of the world, that's exciting, but I'm looking at the spiritual interest that's involved. See, so those are the things of the world. If you're looking for a stimulus from the world or the things of the world, you're not looking under Christ. So <clears throat> listen at what James talks about, about no repentance for the wealth. Those that have the ability to go out and spend and and to the wealthy of the world. Notice that there's no sign of repentance here in the book of Revelation. It's not granting repentance to the wealthy. Listen at this. The misuse of riches. Now, that could mean, you know, wealth is, as a nation, we are wealthy people. We are much, even the poorest of us are wealthier than some third-rate nation. So don't get don't get the wrong idea of picture of wealth because a lot of us, even that's on food stamp or EBT card or whatever you call them or whatever, we get a lot of food. We waste more food than any third nation, third world nation. We waste food. We're very wasteful and the government gives us more than we can consume. It's a very, we have to pay for that. But listen at this, James, the fifth chapter, first through the second verse. He says, come quickly now, you rich who lack true faith and hoard and misuse your resources. So those that believe, but you misuse your resources. You remember, you can say, I fed the needy. I did. You, you might have an overabundance. And that was the reason he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. It was because of satiety. In other words, misusing their resources. Sodom and Gomorrah. Homosexuality wasn't the greatest sin. That, if you look in the book of Ezekiel, it'll be because a sin, a misuse of your resources. That's why Jesus was teaching. Each time Jesus fed the multitude, notice that he picked up that which was waste, and he picked up the fragments, and he says, "Lest there be waste." Yes. We are waste for a nation. We are waste for people. People throw away money and I say, well, a penny ain't no money, a quarter ain't no money, a nickel, a dollars ain't no money or whatever. They're giving their children debit cards to learn how to spend money or whatever, but 
we are a nation that's going to be condemned for the waste that we do. He says, weep and howl over your miseries. In other words, the woes of judgment that are coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted and is ruined, and your fine clothes have become moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver are corroded, and the corrosion will be a witness against you and will consume your flesh like fire. You have stored up your treasure in the last days when it will do you no good. Look, the wages that you have fraudulently withheld from the laborers who have mowed your fields are crying out against you. Those wages that you didn't fairly pay people wages. The most waste, if you look, who are our heroes? Movie stars? Sports heroes? Grossly overpaid. The wealth that this nation lavish on the political, the religious leaders, the people, this wealth is going to testify against you. This money, that the wealth you have, that's going to rise up because you're serving mama and not doing a good job of that. He says, and it cries out of the harvesters have come up to the ears of the Lord of Sabor. In other words, to the Lord that watches over the wage earner. There's people that has been working two and three jobs. There are people that work in, in the economy. They can't get ahead. That's because the way the world is created is getting worse. In the 60s or so coming up, your parent, your father could work at one job. Your mother could stay at home and take care of the kids. The family still would be able to go on a vacation or whatever. You would have time. Your house would be a home. But now that's no longer the case. Both parents are struggling, are, are trying because of materialism, are striving for the world. All these things, because our values have been twisted. We're not standing for justice. We've been perverted. Our minds and our thoughts have been perverted. And only a teaching of the word of God can get at what has caused this to be crooked? And Jesus Christ is that foundation. It has to be built on Jesus Christ. But it has to be built on sound doctrine, the teaching of God. And that's, that's the justice where truth has been crucified in the street. It's staying aloft. That's why we mourn and sigh for what's going on in the nation. If you're not weeping and praying about how this nation has fallen, how the world has fallen, then you will have a problem. He says, on the earth you've lived luxuriously and abandoned yourself to soft living and led a life of pleasure, self-indulgence, self-gratification. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and have put to death the righteous man. He offers you no resistance against him. Uh, so we're looking at justice coming up on the earth, but that's what's happening now. God has spoken that the Lord is righteous within the earth. So God had abdicated the throne. He will do no injustice. Every morning he brings justice to the light. He does not fail. 
but the unjust person knows no shame. In other words, your eyes are being closed. You're, you're being darkened because you're in the church, but your heart hadn't been converted. So you grow worse and worse. You are layer to sin. You wretched, poor, and naked, and don't even know it, even though you think you don't need God. You think you have everything. Uh, Living says, day by day his justice is more evident, but no one heeds. The wicked it knows no shame. In other words, you're getting so reprobated. You're getting so twisted, you can't see the light that's shining in. You can't see the light that God's bringing. His justice is being carried out by his holy people. You remember I say, God's people are working and they're getting stronger. Uh, he says, see my servant whom I uphold, the one that who's going to bring his justice. He won't fail. He's talking about each and every one of us that are in Jesus Christ doing what he's supposed to be doing. And that's why I pray. And that's why you can hear different sermons. You can see different people and their testimonies that they're working, God's people are growing and it is getting strong. If you can't feel this thing in you, if you can't see the strength of the church, but also see the church being judged, you have a problem. God should be in you working both to will and to do. Philippians says, for God is at work within you helping you want to obey him, and then helping you to do what he wants you to do. It is God that's working in you both to will and to do. So your spirit is not down there. Your spirit should be a joyous spirit, a peaceful spirit. It may know what it's up against, but you see God's justice being carried out, and that's what strengthens you. The book of Daniel says some of those who are spiritually wise and have insight will fail in order to refine and to purge and make those among God's people pure. Remember I told you in the book of Revelation, he says those are the souls that are under the altar who had been slain as you have been slain for standing up for what's right. Your parents, your spouse, your children, your friends, people will turn on you. You're going to be a reject from out of this world. You may not make it. You may be killed. You may lose your job. You may lose a whole lot of these things. Those sacrifices is necessary, but you'll come out on the other side. That's why it's a walk of faith. It says, now at the end time, Michael, the great angelic prince, stands over the children of his people, and there will arise a time of distress such as never occurred since there was a nation. But at that time, God's people, everyone who is found written in that book, shall grow stronger. Your light shall go stronger. In other words, you will double down in the church. You will get stronger in the church. You will start witness for God more. You will start in having an increase in knowledge. God is bringing, he says, I'm going to work a new thing. I'm going to work a new thing, and you will be a part of this thing coming to pass. It ain't going to be as such it has been. You will see all of these evil workers pass away as his kingdom is being empowered. The power of God's holy people shall come. 
as many shall be made pure and purged through the word, they'll be in strong offices. If, if, if you realize it, the church is going to be in greater positions. As you hear this preaching and teaching, it's going to give you more strength. You're going to lose your king. You're going to lose your, 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 your glasses and all this. You're going to be able to see more. I was getting my hair cut yesterday. My son, he calls me Uncle Emerson. He was married to my, well, it was with my niece, but Howard. He's 80-some years old or whatever, and I was telling him about my eye surgery, and he said three or four months ago he had cataracts in his eye surgery. He don't need his glasses anymore, and he could see much better. So at 80-some years old, he's still cutting. Age is not going to be a factor. We're going to grow older in the limitations that we have. We're going to be able to put them aside. God's going to strengthen us. God's bringing up a witness before the people, a strong witness. I have, I, in the conclusion, Isaiah 59, 9 to 13, this is the confession of the people that had felt that indictment that God's judgment had started to come on. They admitted they had transgressed God, that their hearts was wicked at, they wanted what the other people had. They wanted to serve God. When you start falling before God, talking to God, confessing, how do you see yourself? Before we come to the table, you see yourself as unworthy. You, he starts showing you all of the mis and wicked deeds you've done in your life. It's like deja vu. He gives you a do-over. In other words, Here's where I work wickedly against my brothers and sisters. Here's where I spoke evil of this person. These are the things. You start standing up and say, well, that's not right. You start standing up. You stop saying, I'm not in it. So, Sometimes to be prudent or uh, to act prudently, the Spirit of God gives you that to act prudently. But Isaiah 59, 9 to 13, you confess your faults. God is faithful to forgive you of your faults, that faith causes you to grow. God's kingdom, as it's coming to this earth, empowers us, his people. In this latter day, we'll see that power. We'll be able to witness to other people of that power because we're his witnesses. That's what causes the increase. That's what causes us to be fruitful. Is standing up for his justice, being steadfast, not cowardly, not cowering, C-O-W-E-R-I-N-G, cowering in in a way that we're afraid of this person, afraid of what's going to happen, but not with a boisterous attitude. See, that's the problem with the church. They are violent, they're abrasive, they're intolerant, it's a wickedy thing that's going on. That's why judgment begins in the house of God. Because all of these things, you remember I said fear is a learned behavior, but the fear of the Lord, you get understanding and wisdom from him. Mm-hmm. See, you have to learn diplomacy. It's how you talk to people a lot. See, a lot of us don't know how to talk to people, and then they use the backdrop, well, that's just myself, that's how I am. Well, that person needs to die. I'm telling you right now, you need to die. That's the only way you can live, is that that person die. 
That old self, who you are, die. You don't talk to people like they're a dog or like they're an animal. You're too offensive. You're too abrasive. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So we will have to start standing for justice. As you stand for justice, that's why God knocks the other guy down. Because vengeance is his. He paying you for mistreating his people. He paying you for the deeds done in your body. And that's why he had condemned sin in the flesh. So some of us will be condemned because this very gospel we heard, but we misused. It's to our own destruction. Peter says some people follow, listen that Paul, to, the, to their hurt and destruction. There's a lot of preachers and teachers that condemn themselves with their words and their actions. Because they don't understand what they're saying. They don't understand the very words that they're saying. The Spirit hadn't given them life. Heavenly Father, I ask you to help us to stand. Remain steadfast, immovable in the faith. That if we stand for you, we glorify you. We give you the glory and judgment in bringing your justice to this earth. I ask you to strengthen each and every one of us as we go about today. Lord God, that we be strong in you and the power of your might.